Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. To Miracles in Recovery, it is March... Fifth, I think. Fifth, man, we're just buzzing through this we year, are. aren't we? It's I mean, just uh, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, jokingly, I, um, you know, I've said in the past that uh, I do toys with tots for the county, and uh, two weeks ago, I think I got a uh, an email saying that I was accepted again to be the coordinator. Oh, you're doing it uh, again for the 2018 um, campaign, and I looked the day that I got it. I, I posted it on. We have a uh, we have a, a local, not a local, but we have a a national group of all the LCOs, which is the uh, the civilians that do it, and um, we we you know we share ideas and you know how how we do this and how we so we everybody gets together and stays stays pretty focused on that on that page during. Um, you know, for fundraisers and for stuff like that. So I, I posted my acceptance letter and I put in only 301 days until Christmas. <laughs> so it's less than 301 days now. So we're down into the twos. Isn't that crazy? These years just, these years just like fly by. They do. Yeah. And, I mean, and you know, it doesn't seem like it when you're living it sometimes, but when you look back, it's like, wow, I did all that. Yeah, right. Like, like, like last week, we were, I was anticipating 29 years clean on February 28th, 1989 was the last time that I, I chose to use a drug for uh, effect, I guess. And, um, you know, 29 years, it just doesn't seem that long. But if I, but if I put little stepping stones in the way... Then it seems like it's like forever ago. Yeah, you know. It's, well, I mean, it's, when you think of the person you are now versus mm-hmm. the person you were then, you know, irregard or irrespective of the fact that you're older, just think of where you would have been now had you kept doing that. If you would even have still been alive, probably not. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was I was pretty much, you know, coming to the end of my my. Um, Use, yeah. you know, I, I was going to say something, something other than that, but I, I, it was, it was, I was coming to the end of my existence, you know, and and funny, we, you know, we we say that right out of the gate. Uh, my mother was dealing with a situation over in um, where she lives. A friend of hers, his friend, um, is in hospice now because her kidneys were shutting down from the use, use and abuse of uh, drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And that very easily could have been me. And she said maybe forty-five minutes ago, you know, there, but for the grace of God, yeah, you know. And you, you don't you, you take it for granted. I take it for granted. You know, I mean, I go through the day sometimes, and I don't even think of alcoholism or addiction, other than when I see something that spurs a memory. 
You know, like I could go all all day long and not think of anything, but then I see a drink, I hear a soda pop, I hear something, I smell a match or something like that, and it immediately triggers me right back to. I was going to ask you if you yeah. still get triggers. I uh, yeah, and 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 I'm I'm I think I'm grateful that I do. I hated it in my in my newly found recovery i hated it because it brought me back to a place that i didn't want to be right now i think i embrace it because it's a good remember when it's not a trigger per se of man i wish i was there it's a trigger of gratitude you know um do you get a, a- Split second of I wish I was there. Or is no, it, no, That's it's awesome. a, it's a completely different. It's still the same trigger. It just affects me differently. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think with longevity, and you know, it could be, it could be five years. It could be ten years. It could take twenty five years. Who knows how long it takes for those triggers to ultimately be positive ones for you, but. Um, you know, hang in there until they do. Use them. Use them as a um, as a good remember when. And I think the sooner that you embrace, like I was jokingly saying with somebody um, about a completely separate subject, uh, they were saying something about uh, um, getting married on Friday, and it was to a person that she was with before the guy she's with now. So she jokingly said, Friday's the day. And what I, what I said to her sister was, is that she's still hanging on to something if that's still a priority in her mind. It's a trigger. That date is a trigger. That was a, that was, right. a, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, you know, use the, use the things that spur your addiction or, or wake your addiction up. Um, not to go chase it, but just to grab gratitude that you have the awarenesses of what those triggers are so you don't have to act on them. Yeah, I think that's a, a, you know, I don't really understand triggers per se, Mm -hmm. but I've read a lot about it, and I guess it's when something puts you back in that spot where you were using and I guess early on, like you were saying, it makes you want to use. Right. Well, David talks about the subconscious, the subconscious mind, and that's pretty much what it is. I yeah. would imagine it that knows that just doesn't know the difference of um, like stress on your body. Stress is stress, whether it's good stress, bad stress. You're in the gym; it's feeling stress. Um, it's how we diffuse it. I think. And, and I think the longer we stay around and the more willing we are to open our hearts and open our minds to um, something greater than me, something greater than us, something greater than that trigger, uh, can we get past it? Yeah. You know, and, and we, we, we do a lot of that even in traffic. I, I can't say that I'm – I can't say that <laughs> I I'm, didn't tonight. <laughs> Yeah, well, see, I mean, you were stuck by I a train, and yeah, yeah, and you were frustrated, and you probably said things that out loud that you don't normally say on a work call. Right. <laughs> yeah. I did. So, because I don't understand why trains are in my way, but mm-hmm. there you go. It's all part of God's plan. It's all part of God's patience. Oh, I've heard people say that. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's difficult to understand, and I guess um, that's part of that giving up control. Right. Is 
realizing there is something greater than me and that I don't know everything and maybe there's a reason. I actually heard somebody in a meeting one time who has about 40 years say he doesn't get upset in traffic anymore because he figures God's got him stopped for a reason. Maybe right. he's keeping him from mm-hmm. having a wreck up. Yeah. You know, and I thought that's a nice way to look at it. And I try to do that, but it's very hard when you're in a hurry and frustrated and you know, life life is frustrating, life is difficult. And I think that's that's where all of this stuff starts. And you know, that's difficulty. one of those that's one of those things they say, you know, like uh, like like God has the wheel and stuff yes. like that. That's one of those but when you're physically driving, you have the yes. wheel. You know, and and it's tough to give up uh, that in traffic, you know, I—that's something that I have that I that I purposely worked on for many years because it was so easy to, like, because I was probably angry inside still. Yeah. It was so easy to use that as my escape, and you know, I, am I am I like a hundred percent passive in traffic? Absolutely not. But I'm not. <laughs> the person that I was in traffic either. And I think that's what it is. It's just about working all of the different angles and all of the different um, things that make you feel uncomfortable in your life, working through them. And life gives you the opportunity to do that. As long as you embrace life, life will give you the opportunity because you will have to get to a point where you need to practice patience, the train. Right. You know, whether you're practicing it or not, it, it is it making was an you be. Yeah. Yes. It so, was because what yeah. can I do? I have no control. And I think a lot of us think we have control over a lot of stuff that we really don't. Mm-hmm. And then when we find out we don't have control, we get very upset and frustrated. And that 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 is the point that I was, that's where I was tonight. I was upset and frustrated because I couldn't make the train go away. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no. The two trains yeah. go away. Excuse me, there was not one, two. Well, but you and you made it here in time. I did. You but know, I had and, to go and really if you fast. didn't, if you didn't, there would have been a little bit of uh, a noise when you walked in, and and the show still would have been going on, and everything would have been okay. I, know, I have to think about things like that. Yeah, and and it's it's tough. I mean, because. Um, I, I, I duel with my granddaughter. When she starts getting fussy, I go like, I, I, I got to go. Yeah. And it's not because, not, because, one, because I don't like to see her like that. And two, it's because I know if I try to calm her down, I'm going to get frustrated right. doing it. So it's easier for me to like vacate. Three, she's a granddaughter. You don't have to stay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's, that's the great true. thing about grandkids. Yeah, that's true. And, and and the great thing is, is that she's only a couple of minutes down the street. So I can come home for a minute and go back if I want to. Right. You know? So um, my mouth is like. I was going to ask. You look not, fine. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, my, my mouth is fine outside of. Um, Like you know, still having still having some uh, some soreness and stuff like that, but it's just the gums are sore. It's not yeah. like you know, like before. I wasn't. I'm not puffy, or and I'm getting adjusted to what it is that they put in my mouth. Saturday, they're gonna they're gonna fit me for another one for I think it's four months or something like that before they put the complete right permanent bridge so you've in. Got a lot of adjustment going on. Yeah, because anything and, in your mouth feels weird until you get used to it. 
And it's, yeah. And my teeth stop at a certain point on yeah. the side because that's where they, that's where they're doing the work. And I feel that end tooth, like all the time I feel and, it. Yeah, it's always been there, yeah. but yet now you feel it. Yeah, right. But, well, because yeah. it, and now there isn't. But so. you think that's weird how that makes a difference, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I guess if you look at that, like, um, how can, how can, how can we equate that to like uh, recovery? Like when when my when my life was um, uneasy, I slept on a park bench. Yeah, and I accepted that. I didn't take a shower for weeks on end, and I accepted that. Um, and now I'm having for lack of a better word, beautification done to my teeth, right? And um, I, I, it, it's, I still feel that tooth. Whereas I could have lost all my teeth. And you wouldn't have cared. And I wouldn't have cared. No. I mean, this is, you know, this is the, uh, the, the effects from, from drugs that my teeth right. are, uh, you know, all falling apart. But, you know, I, I lasted uh, quite a long time before I had to... Um, Twenty nine years. Address them. Well, no, I, I, you know, nine years ago, I had a couple of bridges put in, but um, I'm just not going for the, for the full plate yet. Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and it's it's funny how using drugs and alcohol do have an effect later in life on your body. I think people, people who start when they're young, which is most people, don't even realize what it's doing to you, you know, it's how it's poisoning you and how it is going to affect you 20, 30, even 40 years down the line if you live that long. Right. It really does. I mean, it, it, your teeth, your, you know, your vital organs, kidneys are a big one, hearts. That's what's going on with, uh, with this woman over um, near my mother. I guess uh, she called me a few days ago and the lady was like losing her mind and she went over and tried calming her down, and you know she called me and was like, "Well, what do I do?" And I'm like, well, "What can you do?" I mean, you know. And ultimately, when they got her to the hospital, she was like yelling and screaming, and I guess she was toxic. She was septic. Yeah. And that and they didn't know her stuff. kidney. Her kidneys were backing mm-hmm. right back up into her up into her body, and um, you know through the use and abuse of drugs and alcohol or whatever or the other crap that we put in our system. And, um, you know, living proof right there that, you know, she's not going to be able to turn this around. Right. She's in hospice right now. She's not oh, turning this around. And, you know, the sad thing is, is that um, for all too long, People enabled me to be able to get to that point. I enabled myself. I mean, I was driven. I, there was no, there was no enabling me. I was driving, but people assisted unknowingly. You, it's yeah, you know it's what I mean? very hard not to. Yeah, it's and, very very hard not to yeah. because first of all, you guys are great liars, uh-huh. and you, you're going to do the right thing. You're going to get better. You just need this money because you know you got to go pay a fine so you won't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Uh, you get in trouble, you're ordered to go to to meetings. Okay, you can't drive because they suspended your driver's license. Well, gee, I'll take you to your meetings. I want to make sure you get there because those right. people are going to. They're going to drag you in there and save you, mm-hmm. and and you know on and on it goes until you know after 
after some period of time, you start realizing this isn't going to get better. Mm, but it takes this a while. This may not get better. Yeah, yeah. Well, it yeah, you're right. This may not get better. But yeah. I mean, you you as a parent, as a you know, as a family member, have to get to the point of this is not going to get better as long as I'm around. Right. And my mother and my mother reminded me just in our conversation. 45 minutes ago that she had to say goodbye to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that right there is, is still, um, her point of, um, letting go, you know, and I'm sure she probably ached after that. I mean, I'm sure she did. It must've been the hardest thing. Well, I know it is. It's the hardest thing you ever do, Mm -hmm. but But, it, it is very easy to get sucked into the madness just by believing you know this. This is going to help. This is going to help. This is going to yeah. help. And and you guys feed that to us, and we want to believe it because we so want you to get better. Mm. You know, there there was nothing I wanted more <clears throat> than for my child to stop this and right. become herself again. Mm-hmm. Because you know, periods of sobriety are but did clean. You, but did you know herself would have seven different color hair? <laughs> yeah, we have a new color this week. Yeah. Um, it comes that, and goes. That, was that her on the on the picture that she just posted with the purple and pink? Yeah. And yeah, it looks beautiful, I think. Well, it, that was an older picture. It, it's now a bit, quite a bit brighter. They, okay, they did something else to it, but it'll be blonde yeah. in a couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, it, I mean, it, I'm glad it, that she can be a guinea pig with her hair yeah, like that. The, but the color. Well, I'm just glad she's got a career she likes. She's she's. Turning She's it doing around. well. She's, She's turning doing it well. around, yeah. And that that is such a miracle and such a blessing. And and you know, the funny thing is, is that, you know, we can equate it all back to the struggle of active addiction where where she was struggling and went to school and then struggled and then had to go visit the sheriffs for yeah. a couple of months and, and uh, yeah, you was know. a guest in a couple of counties. And actually, they, and they ultimately but they ultimately backed her play and now she's yeah, she's a licensed hairdresser. She's working in a very nice salon with very nice people and doing very well. And, you know, who would have known just a few short years ago? We will go to break. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent 
inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Ready to transform your health and your world? Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. I'm going to repeat the number again. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. I'm noticing that my teeth are whistling a little bit, but that's okay. I don't uh, hear it. Yeah, I do in my head. Um, well, yes. Well, because I'm, because I'm talking different. Now, when we were on break, uh, I'm going to call you out over the over – the, because I have Irish <laughs> listeners here, right? Okay. <laughs> um, she ultimately her, – her daughter ultimately did a 23andMe. Um, the DNA test. The DNA test. And uh, she found out that she was 54% English, Irish. Yes. Right? And Ellen says, yeah, now we didn't know that we were boring people. Well, I knew I was, but she supposedly had some exotic blood. Yeah, but from where? From, from her father? Yeah. 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 That, that's rather Sorry, exotic. not so. We're, yeah. we're boring. Um, but... Boring. I, Irishmen aren't boring. English English people aren't boring. Just look, just look at history. Oh, look I at, know. Look what's going on there now. I mean, they they are people. They are they are strong people, actually. Very strong. Yeah. And they they're the ones that were brave enough to get on boats and come over here. Yeah. Of their own accord. Right, Matt Matt Damon. I, re- I every time I every time I hear like you know of the Irish struggle or whatever, um, it makes me think of uh, the Departed when yeah. he was with his girlfriend and he said, you know, if if this ever goes wrong, you're gonna be the have, you're gonna have to be the one that that breaks it off because I'm Irish. I'll stay in I'll stay in chaos forever, <laughs> and, and it's true. 
you know, and, and, and being, I don't want to use, I don't want to use my nationality, but speaking of my nationality, it's, it's easy to rationalize staying in chaos, yes. you know, and, um, it's tough to fight something that has been incested. Ancestrally planted. There you go. Ancestrally planted. That sounds real good. Ancestrally planted. I was going to say it a different way, but um, I, I was saying ancestor, ancestry, and it sounded like incest. I was like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> That's a no. completely different yeah, no. show, I guess. An A, not, not an I. Not one that I could talk about, but um, yeah. So I, you know, it's 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 tough, and I don't necessarily know. I mean, I'm sure that there's people out there like we're going to have a gentleman on uh, in the next couple of weeks, and he's very familiar with CBD oils and the benefits of them. I am wondering if there is a genetic individual out there that could share on the like how how addiction rules each class. I don't know, no, no, not class, rules each ethnicity. I mean, we always say that we always end up the same person, right. but I'm wondering if if one um, race is more genetically prone to addiction. Prone, yeah. Well, you know, they, they said the Native Americans were, but then I mentioned that at a rehab and I got jumped on. Oh, no, no, it's not true. You know, if, if you look at percentages, mm-hmm. it's about the same. Throughout. Well, you know, and, and and you know something you you mentioned that at a, you mentioned that at a rehab that takes insurance, right? Yeah. Of okay. Course. All right. So they don't take Indians because Indians have government insurance. This is true, but he was yeah. Hispanic. So, no, that doesn't matter. He's looking. He's looking at his population numbers. They don't take Indians. They're only a specific in the state of Florida. There's only a few specific places where American Indians go. Well, because, yeah, because they get, they have the because BIA. Seminole, some the Seminoles pay for it, and they won't take, like, say, a place down the street here won't take the Seminole insurance because they're not getting top dollar. Oh, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So that's why when you're talking to somebody, when you said somebody at a rehab said, yeah, they're going on their numbers and they don't take American Indians. No, I, I doubt if they ever had one there. Yeah. But, you know, I grew up close to the res in uh, North Carolina. And mm-hmm. I have a friend who's a 911 operator there. And he posted something on Facebook about uh, somebody that overdosed in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a drug problem everywhere. This is not a place where you expect to see it. And and they really hadn't, even on the college campus, the college campus that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I messaged him about it because small town, I know everybody. I was like, who was it? And he said it was somebody from the res. And apparently there's a, a huge opioid opiate problem on the res that's not right. so much everywhere else. Although they did have a couple of murders on the campus which is highly unusual, and that were drug-related earlier this year. That made the news? Um, it, well, it made the local news, and it, of course it made my news because everybody was talking about it. Right. So the first thing I did was call my mom mm-hmm. because she's plugged into everything that goes on at church, <laughs> and yeah. nobody at church knew much about it either. They kept it really quiet. Oh, but wow. it was a it was a drug murder. Like, when you say a drug murder, what do you mean? There was a, a young man who was selling drugs, and there was a 
female student, I guess, who was buying drugs. Mm -hmm. And she had a friend who was still in high school who had driven up from Gastonia, North Carolina. And for some reason that was never explained, they shot this kid. Gastonia, you said? Gastonia. Oh, well. Yeah, I've been there. They they shot this kid and killed him. They are in the jail now, and the trial hasn't happened. I don't even know if there will be one because they'll probably just plead guilty to avoid, you know, getting more time. Yeah, but there still has to be some kind of... I don't know that there will ever be anything that explains exactly what happened and why. But, you know, for that to happen in a place like that where, I mean... You know, a murder every thirty years, maybe. And was it was it an Indian? No. Oh, I was going to say because if it was, then it would, there would have to be some no, kind of. No, the the woman who killed the guy was African American, and he was Caucasian. Her friend was also African American, and she hmm. was from some other country. I don't know which one. That's strange. How do you explained. meet somebody from Gastonia in high school when you're? A College. Well, I don't, she may maybe, have she may have gone to there, high yeah. school there for a little yeah. while and then gone. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that that's the thing. I mean, you you know, the this this whack job a couple of weeks ago uh, that went and shot up the school. Oh, I know. Um, I, I I I'm just clueless when it comes to that. Like, I can I can give any kind of good common suggestion when somebody asks me about addiction or when somebody asks me about raising a child or some somebody asked me about something you know um military life or something like that but i'm lost understanding things like that yeah i know and that, know? that you know that that kid had had a terrible life it sounded like and yeah. he lost everybody mm-hmm but I don't know why that would make you want to go kill a whole bunch of and people I don't you know don't why, know. Yeah, and I don't know why. I mean, the, the, the sad thing is, is that there's probably right today. I mean, how 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 big is that? How many people are in the United States? There's probably thousands of kids yeah. showing all the same signs he is, and they're Nobody's not getting any attention either. Well, you know? I, I can remember. I don't know whether it was Columbine or one of the ones not too long after that, but my daughter was in high school, and she said, I can see that happening at my school. Mm. You know, there were a lot of, I guess there were a lot of angry, crazy, unhappy kids. Yeah. And if they don't turn it inward and become addicts, then they maybe turn it outward and hurt other people. I don't yeah, know. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, we don't know, like, was was this kid's parents screwed up? Were they were they you know I what I mean? What was, was the what was the motivator behind it? He was not with his biological parents and the foster parents who whoever it was that had raised him had died. His his um mother or the lady that acted as his mother died in November. Hmm. And the, you know, the father was already dead, so um you know, and then I and then I was driving somewhere and I heard about this kid that just got arrested in China. He had somebody's head in his luggage or something like oh that. He, like I, I, I'm just so grateful that my life, as tormented as it was for the years that it was, um. Didn't lead to stuff like that. Oh, I like, know. There, well, there was a kid, a college student, who killed his parents a few days ago. Yeah. And he, they said he was drugged up. I don't know on what. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his 
you know, which drugs, drug or drugs he had taken. But his father was a police officer, and he went and got the gun out of the car. Oh, wow. When they were, I think they were coming to pick him up for spring break and shot both of them and killed them. There's some very dangerous drugs out there, you know, and and we we talk about like when when I have my focus, my focus is on opioids and, and cocaine and things like that. But like we have experienced down here in Florida. The, um, all of the other things, the right. spices and the and the kratoms and you know the people eating each other's faces off and the and, meth, there's, and, there's and meth as well, yeah. And and you know, um, nothing. You know, I, if you if you have somebody that is struggling, then don't think you can do it yourself. Don't think I can get this person better. Don't think that you know. Um, don't give up on them, but seek assistance for yourself. You know, um, I know that, I know that I hear Ellen a lot say that her struggle, she struggled and struggled and struggled to try to save her daughter, but it was only until she saved herself that she could be able to have some kind of common sense thought about. Yeah. You just, well, I was reading something that, that somebody, um, Somebody posted on Facebook, addiction is a disease, but not even the professionals have figured Mm -hmm. it out yet. Mm -hmm. So how can a parent in a blind panic running through the fires of hell help somebody Mm -hmm. when no one understands? You know, so of course you're going to, you know, you're going to make mistakes doing this. Don't beat yourself up about it because Mm -hmm. you're trying to save a kid. But what happens is you get frustrated, you get angry. You get hopeless. You get, you know, you're always scared. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never not be scared. I'll never not be scared. I, you know, I understand you know, Friday that. night, Yeah. she came home, put on some sloppy clothes, and I thought, well, she's got to go to work tomorrow. She's probably tired. The next thing I know, she's gone. I'm like, okay. So I thought about it for a little while, and finally I thought, I'm just going to send her a text. And you she just said, run yourself crazy with you. Yeah, it's like, where did yeah. you go? Why did you, you know? And we, you know, we've gotten in the habit of not really, you know, everybody just comes and goes because, mm-hmm. you know, you're in different parts of the house and I'm always working and all that stuff. So I texted her and she goes, oh, I'm at the fair. Now, my son, on the other hand, who I probably ought to worry about more, I don't. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I do, but not a lot because he's big. You know, nobody's going to hurt him. I mean, he might <laughs> do something stupid and have a wreck. He hasn't stolen cars and gotten chased right. by the cops. Well, he might, yeah. he's been chased by the cops a couple of times, but I don't even think he realized it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and he he does things, I'll tell you, they're just, they're very frustrating. But he does things like they stopped him for something and he didn't have the registration for his car in mm-hmm. the car. You're supposed to have it in the car, right? Everybody knows that, right? Yeah. Okay. He calls me today and says, can you take a picture of the registration of my car and text it to me? I said, I don't have it. Why would I have it? Oh, I said, why do you need it? Well, I got stopped and they cited me and it's due today and I'm at work. And I said, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. So he didn't do anything. Well, I mean, didn't pay the fine. Didn't go and, you know, go to the DMV. But that's, but see that, but that's normal kid this. stuff. That's, uh, that's normal kid I, stuff I because like I, I, I could understand, um, how old is he now? 27. Uh, he's still, that's still normal kid stuff. I mean, yeah, granted that's, you know, that, 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 that could be, 
considered um, addictive behavior or addict's behavior or something like that. Um, well, see, I was the type of person who would have immediately paid it the next day. Well, because I would have known where it was if it wasn't in the car. Number one, number two, I'm not going to have anything like that. And number three, you come from a town with 600 people, so everybody knew who you were, so you had to. Oh no, I didn't start getting tickets till I was in LA. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm super organized, so you know these things frustrate me. So I guess addict behavior is very frustrating to me because I just would never that lackadaisical behavior get that messy. Well, in, in in in. to to uh, jump behind an attic, you can't help it. There's just there's nothing there's when you're them. when you're there's active. Just there's just no. There's that that's low priority. But well, and that's what we do. We clean up your messes all the time until we can't do it anymore, and then we get frustrated and angry, and things get worse. Right. So you have to take care of yourself, and that's that's the hardest thing to do, but it's the most important. I think that was the hardest thing for me to do was change. Um, I mean, I still have to – I can't say in the 29 years that I've been clean that just out of absent-mindedness, my power has been shut off. Right. You know, whereas I should I should have that – I mean, it's not because I don't have the money to do it. It's just that I don't have the mindset yeah, still today. Yeah, to organize, organize. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I just can't. I'm just not that organized. It's you know? probably good because you drive yourself crazy being organized. Yeah, yeah, because it, because then that's that that that's like kind of OCD type. Yes, scariness. So. Yeah, and I don't think I was that way until until I got married and had kids, and they yeah. were all messy, and I just didn't like it. Oh, so you just like kind of popped into gear, and have you have you pulled back on that any though? Or are um, you still? I'm very OCD about making sure that my house is clean. And like if I, you see something on the counter, do you have to go pick it up and? Yeah. Immediately, you can't look at it and go. No. I'll get it. No. It, it just bugs the heck out of me. No, I can't leave a spoon in the sink, and my sponsor even told me to start doing that. Yeah. Leave at least one in yeah. the sink. No. Yeah, I leave all kind in the sink. Okay. Um, well, I don't leave spoons in the sink, but that was, always clean when I that was kind of a trigger there too. Spoons in the sink. I bet. Oh I, yeah, but, you're yeah. right. You're right. I hadn't so, thought about that. My spoons are missing too. Yeah, a so, lot of them disappeared. So on that, we will uh, go to break. Dial eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you tired of the healthcare system only treating your symptoms and never addressing the root cause? Discover how integrative medicine can resolve health issues through dietary and lifestyle changes and the use of natural supplements. Increase your energy, memory, mood, immune system, sexuality, and more. Join Dr. Sunil Pai and Maureen Sutton to help you take back your health with natural, evidence-based solutions. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. 
Have you figured out what to attract in your life in order to make it successful? There are those who can and those who can learn. Your intensified energy gives you willpower to move the bar forward and be happy. Happy people spread their energy throughout their lives, and once they figure it out, go on to be successful at nearly everything they set their mind to. Join host Ellen Morano and her panel of guest experts and co-hosts on Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health and Wellness. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We got the Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back. Uh, like the lady just said, dial 866-472-5792. 866-472-5792. We got the, um, the world report again this week, and uh, it's very impressive that there are specific countries that their numbers are staying solid. You know, there's, there's a few, like, say, uh, Japan listens for a few weeks there's five or six people then one and then a couple of weeks go by and then but the the core listening group is you know uh, of course the united states um england ireland china which is random but what but it's tomorrow in the morning right so there is, there, is it a specific part of china because uh, we think, could have we could get it broken down yeah but, you know hong kong and places like that they're more likely to speak english i just don't know you yeah know, some countries can they understand us um yes they do yeah, they're listening. Uh, yeah well and thank you for listening wherever you are we <laughs> thank we, you very we much really for do listening. appreciate it yeah you know because uh, because we have the ability. We were on uh, terrestrial radio for a while in Las Vegas, and um, you know it was cool to be able to be transmitting at midnight um, on the strip of Las Vegas. Right. It was cool, but we never knew 
how many people were listening unless we got a phone call. This way, at least we know people are listening. People may not be calling in, and that's okay because this is a subject that not everybody wants to talk about. This is a subject that people would rather listen to suggestion than than voice their opinion. Although, although opinion would help us greatly, it's okay because we have people who are a good core base of listeners and, um, you know, that's why we do it. We do it to share our experience, strength, and hope. Me as an addict, Ellen as family, 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 of, of, an family of an addict, you know, I don't know what that, you know, it'd be, it would be like, say, uh, you know, if you wanted to do it by recovery group, it would be me, A-A-N-A and her Al-Anon. Um, and Naranon. And Naranon. I mean, yeah. Naranon too. And, but, um, um, you know, it's a family disease. Yeah. So if one person's sick, the entire family is sick and probably was a long time before the disease manifested in the person. And not everybody gets better. There's a lot of times right. where the addict gets better and the rest of the yeah, family still stay stays crazy. sick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I've experienced that in not my family, but I've experienced it in families within the community when my family started repairing itself, other neighborhood families were like turned off by that. Really? You know, like what makes you think that you can get better and my son can or my daughter can or, you know. And, you know, as, as from the other side, mm-hmm. I can tell you that I have been very envious of other parents whose kids turned their lives around before mine did. You know, and I'm seeing them, and they're, you know, they're they're relieved, they're happy, they're doing stuff together, Mm -hmm. and, you know, my family's still sick. It hurts. You know, you you can be happy for somebody, Mm -hmm. but envious at the same time, and I was. But what I'm saying is, is that their addict was in recovery. Oh, and they're and still... And they were still, well, I mean, why did you get it before he did or she did or... No, it's just you all know, part of the sickness. And, and that's, the, that's the... They're just not willing to let go of the madness of addiction and at I that point. And I think that must be hard on the addict because you at some point mm-hmm. probably have to detach from your family if they're going to behave that way forever. Well, I think we already were detached. Yeah, true, but I mean, you have to detach <laughs> yeah. in a healthy way, not in a you yeah. got to go well, way. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> leave until you get thrown out. But you you process that. It may. I think it's. I, I now only because I'm speaking from my experience, but I think it would be easier for an addict to get well and not feed into the chaos of a sick family. Yes. You know, whereas it's tougher for, see, like, like we always, you know, we use the reference point of my mother having to say goodbye to me. My mother was, was an active alcoholic, right? Mm -hmm. So she processed herself to health. And with that, she had to say goodbye to me. So it wasn't like she was just Susie Homemaker and one day went, Okay, I got to do what's right for me. She processed herself from an active disease-ridden mindset to a healthy one, and on that healthy process, she had to say, "My kid's got to go." Right. So I don't know how successful, like you, you you don't have, yeah, you're not sitting at a bar. You didn't you didn't deal with. Being an active alcoholic. Right. I'm not an and addict. That, yeah. So it must be tougher 
when the addict or alcoholic all of a sudden says enough is enough, they've hit their saturation point, and you're still waiting for this, the other shoe to drop. You just said it. Yeah, I'll always be afraid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I do try to be grateful in the moment that, mm-hmm. you know, for this day, she's doing well. Right. For this day, you know, we don't have any crises. Um, and, you know, addicts make crises. Every day a crisis happened, or two or three, you know, and everything was a big dramatic crisis. And and there mm-hmm. were many very painful, unpleasant moments, you know, the, oh, yeah. the legal problems, the health yeah. problems. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, the sad, terrible things that happen. And I can be grateful today that I have a day without that, even yeah. if it's only one. You know, for this moment, everything is okay in my world. Right. And I never thought about it before, but now I do. I try to be very cognizant of the fact that at this moment, I can be peaceful. And I think that helps you more than... Um... You know, because that allows you the process of um, giving yourself back the chaos if you want. And, like, you know, if if uh, if I came home and said, you know, uh, like, like just whatever, you know, I looked a little off, my, my mother or, or my family's reaction would immediately revert back to old be behavior easy. thought. And... Um, you know, whereas with an addict, if we're acting a little off or and we're still clean, one, we may not have the awareness because we're go- we're walking through something that's unfamiliar. So it's making us act a little different than what you're accustomed to in the, in the in the short period of time that they've been clean. And two, this may be the individual that's ultimately sprouting out of whoever this addict was that got clean right. because I wasn't, I'm not the same person that I was. I can guarantee you say that, but I, I, I can't say that I shifted, but I do know that if I did not use and abuse drugs and alcohol on a daily basis, I wouldn't be sitting where I am today. Well, you took your experience and gained insight into mm-hmm. it in a way that not only has made you a better person, but it's given you a heart to help others. And I'm quite sure as an addict, you didn't have that. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, was, you know, to me, that's yeah. the miracle of recovery yeah. where you turn all the way around like that mm-hmm. and become a giving, generous person when you were, you know, in your disease and active, I'm sure, because my experience is all of y'all are selfish, self-centered, you know, chaotic, didn't mm-hmm. care what happened to anybody. But I could have been that way when I was a kid. I don't think I was, you know, but I could have been... I really wasn't. I was an outgoing kid, but um, so well, all I guess all I'm saying is is that the individual that decides that you know they've had enough, they've reached their saturation point, and this journey that they're willing to go, looking forward to go on, and willing to go on, you don't know who you're going to become. Right. So when you are dealing with a sick family, still. That just has to be tougher, you know. I mean, yeah, you're giving, I, your, I would think you're so giving your you're giving your your daughter and, and your family the best the best opportunity to get well because you are 
Well, I'm trying on to take care well. of myself, yeah. which I didn't do for a long time. I mean, right. you know, I, to me, taking care of myself was, you know, getting my checkups, getting my teeth clean, mm-hmm. getting my hair done and my nails and all that. That's not what taking care of yourself is. Taking yeah. care of yourself is protecting yourself mentally from, you know, all of the stuff that happens and blaming yourself. Because for a long time, I thought it was my fault. You know, these are my kids, and yeah. they've got this, you know, they, they're doing this behavior. They're, you know, getting arrested and all this stuff. And I think the little devil on, on the addict show the, tells the addict. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were a rotten parent. Was, you did this. You did that, yeah, you know. To feed that. Well, and, and yeah. I always always say I worked, you know. They had to go to mm-hmm. daycare, all of that stuff. And so I, I carried a lot of guilt for a long time until I finally realized it's not my fault. This just, you know, it happened. Mm-hmm. And I think there is probably a genetic component to it. And, you know, it's triggered and they're off to the races. But when you, fi- when you, when you figured out it wasn't your fault, was that when you could start processing no, back no, to? No, that was just, that was step one. Of, um, I mean, not the 12 steps. My first step was figuring out it wasn't my fault and, and stopping that guilt. And then a very slow process of detaching myself mentally from their problems mm-hmm. to the point that now they don't ask me all the time to help them like they used to. I mean, I did get the call about take a picture of my car registration. But that's, like, that's normal kid stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, or, you know, help me get my taxes done. I don't know what to do. And, you know, I'll say, well, you can do this, yeah, this that's, or that's this. Yeah, that's normal stuff. Though, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's like I'm not, you know, if somebody got arrested now, I would say, well, what are you going to do? I wouldn't say, oh, let me call the attorney. <laughs> but you still have Josh's number on your oh, phone, right? Of course. Right? Josh, is, yeah, Josh is my buddy now. <laughs> We're yeah. friends on Facebook. Yeah. We go to the Christmas party. Of <laughs> um, you know, and I guess there's no real, there's no real um, cookie cutter format for um, – wellness. I think it's just that you need to get out of your own way and, and allow a process maybe other than the one that you are taking um, lead you into a little bit more positive thought. Because, you know, like we said, we know people who are still angry and their kids have been clean, hopefully, for yeah. how long now? Yeah. And they're still hanging on to Still typing in bold print and yeah. hanging on to seven years back, and that's not healthy and happy. But I think I think that anger probably preceded the addiction. By true, a long true. But like I said, you know, I'm not the individual. Have, you know, angry older guys, especially and older women, have been angry for a long time. But like I said, I'm not the same individual I was. Right. So that so means you, that is, everybody and anybody can change. It is possible to change. Yeah. And so we only have about two minutes left. So so it went by quick, even yeah, though you were really stuck did. by you. You were stuck behind the train longer than it was. <laughs> <laughs> 19 minutes. <laughs> and you even typed that. 19 minutes. I was I've timing been sitting it. Here. You were I was timing it. it. Yeah, that was a was long made, train. Yeah. Well, we do was, have long trains It was here. very slow. Yeah. It was it was yeah. moving very slowly. So we've had an interesting evening. We've had a cat outside the door crying, M- meowing. Talking. We've got dogs in the in the in the back room, probably whimpering. So <laughs> I think it's about time we said good night. Definitely. So with miracles in recovery, hope is in your corner. Good night, everyone. Good night.
Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.